needed professional help. Now, because we come from a very traditional family, they did not want me to get professional help. And that was the first time I had seen that sort of thing in the fire service, which makes it really stunning for me that years later, he took his own life. Hey there, and welcome to Grit True Stories That Matter. Grit is a weekly podcast about stories, the contemporary personal narrative kind of stories, and the people that craft and tell them. Why, you ask? Well, we want to feature these tellers and their stories, and also to help you, our listeners, craft and tell better, more engaging, more relatable, and more memorable stories. True stories. Personal stories, grit stories. New episodes are released on Fridays, and we are in the middle of season number three dedicated to grit talks, in which we have conversations with our storytellers, as well as the best of. This week, the best of the mental health happyish hour, which we began in the fall of 2020. Today's stories are from Winnie, who lives out in Nevada and Nick, who lives in Maryland. If you'd like to help us out, in addition to listening, let people know about the podcast, share it on social media, and if you listen on Apple, rating and reviewing the podcast helps a lot. It helps people find it. So thanks so much for that. And a huge thanks to Mary Jo Pollock out in Tucson, Arizona. Mary Jo has helped us curate these shows, particularly from the Mental Health Happyish Hour. It's a lot of work. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Mary Jo. And as always, check the show notes for upcoming events. Okay, without further ado, Winnie and Nick, let's dive in. I'm sitting crouched on my bedroom floor. My mother is sitting behind me, not knowing whether she should hold my shoulders or not. My grandmother is sitting in front of me, and we are all crying. We're also sweating because we're from a tropical place in South India. But I can't stop thinking about anything but just wanting to pull my hair out. I slowly feel myself heading towards the floor. My hands that don't even feel like mine anymore are now squeezing between my knees. And I'm telling myself, I want to pull my hair. I want to pull my hair, but just not pulling it. Up until then, none of us knew what this was. We had no clue. My grandmother called it a bad habit. I thought it was just me. It was just some little quirk I had. Oh, I loved, I loved to let my hands graze my head, look for that one rugged hair, pull it out, feel that satisfactory taste in my mouth, even though I didn't have anything in my mouth. The the joy of looking at that perfect bulb at the end, you know, pulling it a little bit, playing with it for a second or two, flicking it just to let my hand Graze my head again to pull out the next hair. I had pieces of hair on my textbook. Wads of hair filled my bedroom floor. 
it was all over the place and i didn't know how to stop it i come from a very very traditional indian family and so when we have any issues when we need advice we go to the wise and so i decided i'm going to ask google what this is so i typed hair pulling on google and oh uh, i actually found a word for it trichotillomania wait what i'm not a maniac i was i i freaked out about that then and then then i typed to figure out why the name came to being and somehow i figured it was a form of obsessive compulsive disorder and i needed professional help now because we come from a very traditional family my parents my grandmother they did not want me to get professional help we're not from that kind of a family we don't have any just you know what just resolve and just stop this bad habit he said but i don't necessarily think i got a yes from them but it was after this one incident that i saw things change a little bit i'm wearing a very beautiful silk sari dangling gold gold colored earrings this is my best friend's sister's wedding and so i'm so excited to be all dressed i have lipstick on for me the third or fourth time in my life and i decide to straighten my hair out today i am going to just be who i am i'm going to own it i am going to let my bald spots show as we stood for a picture at the wedding one of my friends from behind me just after the click looked at me and said ew there's no hair what's what's wrong with your head and i felt my blood drain from my body and i can't remember anything else from that wedding because all i wanted was to put on my disguise i i told this to my parents i sent them links to what this trichotillomania was i sent them pictures of ocd and like i said i never got a net, got a yes but finally i found myself in my therapist's office it was going to be my first step at taking off tearing off that disguise just being me again i'm not completely over it but i have such beautiful hair now i i have to say that this is not over and i'm still battling with this uh i find myself touching my hair sometimes i find myself out of control sometimes but i can see that the disguise is almost gone. That story was from Winnie, who I met just once at one of our first mental health happiest hours. Thank you, Winnie. Next up, Mr. Nick Baskerville, who lives out in Maryland and has a great storytelling blog, which I will include in the show notes. 
So the guy says to me, so everybody's good at something. Uh, and I'm not really believing them. See, this is a, a few years ago. I'm riding on the in the back of a fire engine. I'm a firefighter. I've, I've been a firefighter for 20 years at this point, but by then, uh, must have been around 15 years or so. The guy sitting for me was Marcelo Trail. And he is he's that guy that you can't wait to see what he's going to do next. He's the guy who's going to do something really awesome in the fire department. He's that big smile. He welcomes everybody. And that's what he said to me while we sit in the back. Now, I don't know if he knew for sure, but I did not fit at this firehouse at all. There's a whole list of reasons why I, I, I could probably only ever guess that, but I was definitely not in the right place at the right time. Uh, there's something about pissing off the fire chief and then winding up in the station that where people weren't expecting you because they were expecting someone else. It, it kind of tells you that this is going to be a long assignment. And so my goal was this. I'm going to be at this assignment. I'm going to keep my head low. I'm going to do my job. And it's the fire department. I wait a few years. I'll transfer somewhere else. And But until then, I'm just here for the job. I don't need to talk to anybody. I don't need to be friends. I just need to get through. But here's this guy, Marcelo. And he's just, what are you good at? I'm a first-generation firefighter in my family. And considering that I'm Black, there just aren't a whole lot of Black folk run, wanting to run towards danger. That's not a typical thing. I mean, we do military stuff. There's that, right? But that's about it. When I joined the fire department, I joined as a volunteer and I called my mom and I let her know. My uncle called me 10 minutes later and said, boy, you all right? Your mama said you live at the firehouse. You need some money? I can give you a 50. I'm, that I'm, I'm fine, Uncle Mike. I'm fine. So I went through all that. I'm now in the career and I'm now sitting here in the back and I'm talking to Marcelo and I realized that Despite everything else going on, he is willing to be super accepting of me. Even though I am different, different from him and everybody else in the station, he's willing to kind of have me there in that circle. And that is not a typical thing for the fire service. It is very macho. It is very much gung-ho. It's very much you need to prove how tough you are. And here this guy is saying, I didn't need to be. And that was the first time I had seen that sort of thing in the fire service, which makes it really stunning for me that years later, he took his own life. On the 4th of July, he took his own life and it didn't even come out like that. It came out that, hey, we've had someone pass away and it's the fire service. So the first thing you think is, oh my God, it, the cancer got him. Uh, was it the fire or whatever else? I would not have expected that. We didn't get to be close friends, but we got to be pretty good friends. Um, we did things together. Uh, our, our kids knew each other. It wasn't supposed to be him. He was the guy that I had envisioned that one day would get higher in rank and then he would do great things and he would help change and shift ideas and he'd help people be more accepting of things. And, and that's what I saw. And I had zero idea that there was ever anything else going on. And so myself, actually lots of people in the fire service where my fire department had to ask the question of, how did we miss that, right? Because he didn't look anything like the stereotypical signs. He didn't look like the person we would go onto the call and there, he, there they would be and we had to talk them off the ledge, that we had to get the medicine out their stomach, that we had to convince them that there was no need to pull that trigger. If we do this on a day-to-day -day basis, saving other people, how is it that we could not save our own? Uh, there's a lot of things that uh, that I now understand that there are parts of where he had some other things going on, but there was also some other contributing factors 
that I think our higher department, our stations should have done better. So I have a problem. Well, actually, I have a lot of problems. Uh, that's just me, really. Uh, I'm broke. I'm not broke, broke, but like, you know, I don't have the money that I want. Uh, I'm still trying to be a good dad. I'm supposed to be responsible and whatever. I'm pretty sure it's my kid who raises me more than anything. Uh, thank God for homeschooling because uh, she has taught me a lot. Uh, she has helped get my computer skills up, uh, helped me out with math. She's doing phenomenal. But what I have a problem with is whenever something happened and there's a cause, it's this idea of, hey, let's send thoughts and prayers. Um, sorry about your loss. Man, I hope that doesn't happen. And I don't know if that's part of the fire service in me. We're type A people, typically. Uh, I'm not really type A. I'm more like a B plus. I'm laid back, but I, every now and again, I'll do things. And so I wanted to do something in particular for him. And so what I did is uh, the whole month, the whole suicide month, uh, every day, uh, I did a blog. Whatever I could learn about mental, mental health and just suicide prevention and all that, I would do all that. And then... Uh, because I'm also in the military. So you got to understand I'm a little nervous. So I'm in the mil I was in the military and, you know, typically 22 or so people from the military commit suicide. Uh, I'm in the fire service and, and our suicide rates are, are rising. Uh, and I'm a black man in America. Odds aren't really going good for me here at this point. So I feel like I got to actually do something. Uh, so I decided to honor him in that way. And I raised money and awareness. And what I did is I would do the 22 push-ups a day, but because I'm in the fire service and I'm B plus, I also did these things called burpees. I don't know if you know what burpees are. They're pretty much, they're self-torture is what they amount to be. And, but he was really into physical fitness. I felt like I owed him that. So I would do both of them. And the first day uh, I called out sick. I didn't go to work. I was like, you know, uh, that's not that's not cool. But I've started already because when you put it on the Internet, everybody knows. And now that everybody knows, they're waiting for the next day. So now I have to be healthy. And so that's what I do every day. I, I post it. I don't post me going through it. Lord, no. I just posted I did it. And I would do it. And I would do all that. And I raised awareness for no other person. I raised awareness for myself of what it is that some people are going through, what it is that we as a society, as people should be doing better, uh, what it is that, that I think needs to be done more so in the fire department. When I think of mental health challenges, when I think of the things that people go through, it's not enough for me just to understand, well, at least that's not something I'm going through. We talk about community and family in the fire department. Uh, you know, you look at America right now, we probably need a whole lot of that as well. Um, and particularly with these isolations and things like that, what his death made me realize or what it, it sparked inside of me is trying to find ways to be an advocate for reducing the stigma and helping to bring people together. As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support. And special thanks to both of our storytellers, Winnie out in Nevada and Nick in Maryland. Thanks to you both. Check the show notes for upcoming events. And as always, I know I ask a lot if you can rate and review this podcast if you listen on Apple. That would be a great help. Thanks so much. That is all for episode number 63. Boom.